welcome back to Call Me By Your Game, the podcast where I, your host, Jeremy Schmidt, bring on a guest to talk about a video game from their past. And on the show, we talk as much about what made that game special as we will about the context for when they enjoyed it for the first time. Or revisiting a little bit of housekeeping for the show. You can check us out on patreon.com slash supernpcradio where we have just a incredible amount of bonus video game related content uh there including our uh games club past which includes resident evil and the legend of zelda and uh you can follow us for our new games club that we are going to be releasing this year metal gear solid we're going to be covering all the games in the series you can also rate and review us on apple podcasts and if it's non-toxic, I'll read it on the show. Uh, and of course, always you can follow us on Twitter at um, Call Me By Your Game. Uh, let's see. Um, <laughs> Did we get that handle? <laughs> I think I'll have it up. Uh, Is I've it got Twitter CM- up? Yeah. Call uh, Me By Your Game. CM- yeah. Oh, it- it's Call Me By Your Game, uh, but just the one Y. So B Y O U R. B Y O U R. Yes. But without much further ado, I have an incredible guest with me here today. Uh, you know him. You love him. He is the host of <laughs> Call Me By Your Game, a <laughs> podcast on Apple Podcast. He is the mouse clicker, the McZ canceller, the oh. movie maker, <laughs> Connor McCabe. Thank you for having me, Jeremy. Uh, wow. Here we are. Episode 100. Uh, <laughs> and I don't got to do a gosh darn thing. I can be as unhinged as I like because you're hosting, pal. That's right. You can be as wild and out as you want. Just take your hands off the steering wheel. I'm leaning over from the passenger seat, and yeah. I've got it. You can take a little nap. Just Dude, I'm planning on, you know, <laughs> this being the last episode. We're getting canceled, baby. Yes, for sure. Well, McZee is for sure getting canceled. McZee is uh, absolutely a pervert. We yeah, yeah. Um, I just, I just uh, if you could do me one favor, uh, while yes. we're driving and while I'm holding onto the steering wheel and while you're falling fast asleep, uh, if you could just glue a brick to the gas pedal so that oh. I don't have to push the... <laughs> Jeremy, I'm one step ahead of you, baby. I already did it. Yeah. Uh, Connor McCabe, this is your 100th episode of your show, and you requested that I come on and do an episode with you uh, so that you got to see what life was like from the other side. And this is all true. Yeah. And uh, I was, of course, honored to do that, if only so you could see just how much it truly sucks to be on your side of the table. <laughs> Good. You know, uh, I assume that most of the time when I'm recording with the guest that they are undergoing an intense amount of pain and strife and frustration <laughs> um, and emotion. So, uh, so and so far, I got to say, I feel it. This yeah, is awful. You can feel it. You can yeah. Feel it. Yeah. It's- there's <laughs> there's um, I'm, of course, the normally the producer of the show and editor of the show. Um uh, sort of our standing agreement is that uh, for those who don't know, a little peek behind the curtain, Connor does all the social media for our Patreon and for you know my show, his show, and I in turn offer my services as a producer and sort of uh, an editor for his show, and that and that works pretty well for us. Um, uh, 
I know you, um, and I'm saying this, of course, because this is how you start out episodes. It's kind of describing how you know the guests. And so I know you actually um, through a friend who I also still do a podcast with re- uh, yes. regularly, Eric Koppel, who um, I, I don't think you've ever had him on the show, but I bet Not you could once. get him on. <laughs> I don't even know if I feel like Eric tuned into a stream of mine in 2020 yeah. and maybe mentioned that he liked a certain game. I could also be making this up. Yeah. I don't even know if he likes... Well, no, he had an N64 at his apartment. Yeah. I bet he likes a game. He also has a Switch. He's like... But I don't think he plays a lot of video games. Yeah. But I think he definitely, you know, in the past, like, you know, grew up... Definitely grew up with with video games and knows them. But anyways, Eric was a a comedian and a writer in Los Angeles. And, you know, he was uh, wanting to put up a, I believe, a sketch at... Not too shabby, which was a independent sketch uh, show run it out of run out of the UCB theater, and he cast me in the sketch because the other his other friend Jeremy had to bail, and that Jeremy ended up being Jeremy Guskin. Oh, <laughs> so he literally just found the only other Jeremy he knew, which was me and his three hundred one. Isn't class. that how it works in Hollywood? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, we're all all Jeremy's are interchangeable. That's a rule. Absolutely. And uh, I believe you were in that sketch. Mm-hmm. It was me, and then um, Victoria Long. Yeah, I was gonna oh. say former guest of the show. Yeah, and I also think there. I remember there being like a a third, like a fourth girl who I think I have like some memory, fuzzy, fuzzy memory of this now too. She's regularly a stand-up. I know this. Oh. She's like a blonde. Girls and she looks like super oh, young, though yeah. she might not be. Do you know who I'm talking about? No, I was gonna make some joke about how oh that figured it out for me, but uh, <laughs> no, I have I couldn't tell you who this person is. Anyways, she was part of it too, I think, and then her part got cut out or something. I don't know, like something happened. But anyways, it was uh we became fast friends, I think, through that, and then you know Eric, I think, started sweatshirt that improv group what do we do one two shows i think you all did more than one i only did one with with you with you guys and um and do you remember the show we did yeah what was what's the name of that it was the saturday night show yeah where it was you like, get oh, a minute per, per person person on your team <laughs> which i'm trying i know i remember the guy who ran it and i don't yes. want to say his name on the show just because i i do not have any sort of relationship with him i'm not sure how people feel about him but mm-hmm. we did that show and uh that's the only one i really remember i think we even went to like public house before yes and candace was there candace yang candace. i'm just dropping a shitload of people right now hey, it's but, what uh, we do on this show but i remember um you and i think i've told the story before that you were that was i think my first clubhouse show i ever did because i was fairly new to los angeles when we did that and i stepped out first on the team and you stepped out after so you were technically the first person i ever did a scene with at the clubhouse which is always good to be somebody's first i'll tell you that yes you're definitely my first although you had been probably in the scene for much longer before that i i don't remember when sweatshirt picked up um exactly but i think i had been performing a little bit at least yeah, for sure. And and like I think mess hall for you was right around the corner. So. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, like I think you were you would be on a mess hall team probably later that year. Or, okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Um but that's all boring inside baseball ho- LA Hollywood improv uh stuff. But needless to say, you know, Connor ha- is 
uh, known, and I can say this about you because you know, I'm a, I'm a different person than you. Oh, if you golly. said it about you, it'd be it'd be horrible. We'd have to cancel oh, no. the show because it'd be too <laughs> arrogant. But Connor's known in 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 these small improv uh, communities as uh, sort of the guy I think everybody kind of knows and likes. I think that's <laughs> that's that is something that I think you know. Everyone kind of knows Connor. In fact, we used to call you the 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 part the prince of parties. Yes. Uh, over the summer, coined by other uh, <laughs> guests of the show, uh, Allie yeah. Jennings. Allie Jennings called you the prince of parties. Yeah, I think because you, you you bring people together. Yeah. I think. Yeah. And it's one of my uh, it's one of my many many my, on my laundry list of talents and abilities. But mm-hmm. you know, it's it is funny that you say that because. That sort of thing, I know that, but it's it's it always is not necessarily jarring, but funky mm-hmm. to hear someone else acknowledge that. Because um, you don't, at least I don't think about how people perceive me all the time, or if I do, it's usually just me like beating myself up over something I've done. So uh, yeah, that's it. It's just cool to cool to hear. And Jeremy, thanks for doing it, so I didn't have to share myself. Oh, of course, yeah. Uh, I I did I, I did want to put an addendum to that though. Too, which is something I was Uh-oh. thinking about uh, today because I was preparing for this episode, listening to your last episode with Ronnie Adrian again, oh. and which is a fantastic episode. If you haven't checked it out, it's uh, they discussed the game Hitman. Um, but uh, Ronnie and your banter reminded me a lot of you and Johnny Schwartzbein's banter, and yeah. a lot of you and Edgar's banter, <laughs> and Edgar Montplasor, who's another uh, guest of Call Me By Your Game. All these uh, old Call Me By Your Game guests, but uh, you are such a nice guy, such a sweet soul. But I feel like you pair up really well with a little salt. I absolutely do. Yeah, uh, and. It- you know, also just having, I think, so many years of, I think it truly stems from former guests of the show, uh, uh, who will definitely be talked about on this episode, uh, my patented best friend from growing up, Eddie Martin, from his older brothers. They were like salty guys. And so, and they loved to pick on us, but me especially, because I think, you know, I wasn't around all the time like Eddie was. So I think I've always just been, I've gotten good over the my many years of life at parrying that sort of salt that comes from people. So, uh, yeah, anytime I see someone like Edgar or Ronnie or, or, or Johnny, I'm prepared for what they're inevitably going to be bringing to me. And I'm ready to sort of parry it back at them as best as I can. Right. Uh, sometimes <laughs> I am too agreeable and I just let it wash over me, but yeah. <laughs> that's a fun, I, I'm glad you observed that. Yeah. Um, well, no, I. I mean, because there's there's even more examples of it. Like you're really close with PJ, who's a little salty guy, That's and right. I. I even think think you could like in some ways I could be cons- I would consider myself a uh, I could be a bit of a salty uh, guy, and and so it just made me think like that's you have definitely a patience for that type of personality, but also. Um, it can lead to some really funny bits, you know, yeah. across the board, some yin yangs there. Um, and also makes it even the more funny when you yourself pop and, uh, <laughs> and start to pour out the salt a little bit, you know, very fun. Um, well, look, I don't know if any of that is, is going to be interesting to any of your fans, but what I'll, but what I did want to then ask you is, um, of course your history with video games. Now I realize that if we're going to do this episode properly, that it would be the next logical question to ask you. 
However, I'm pretty sure you've probably already talked about that a lot on this show and listeners of the show probably already know. So in place of that question, I do want to just hear like a really detailed, vivid account of you losing your virginity, if you don't mind. Okay, great. So, you know, how the, it's, it's kind of how it happens for everybody. You know, I know that uh, everyone looks at me a certain way, but I, hey, I put my pants on the same way as everyone else, guys, mm-hmm. by jumping into them. Yeah, um, right. And that is sort of the perfect analogy for how I lost my virginity. Um, and, uh, yeah, so can, congratulations uh, to her is, is what I'll say. Yeah. Like I great. said, it's great to be somebody's first. Totally, totally. Um, that is a that is a great bait and switch. I'm really proud of you. <laughs> I'm uh, did so I I'll I'll leave it to you. I mean, did, I I have a couple of potential questions here. I mean, did, you can talk about the first time you know your history with video games. Does that yeah. sound like something maybe your listeners could use a refresher on? I think so, and great. I would like to do it. Perfect. Okay, that's that's good then. Yeah, I'll try to you know I'll keep brief what I uh, as much as I can. Uh, but because I think we've probably talked about a little bit about this. Way back on a 2019 episode of Video Games, a comedy show, you had me on for sort of a solo Connor McKay episode um, where we talked about that. And now with a little more, you know, two and a half years, Jesus Christ, of uh, of gaming under my belt and perspective, I, I'm excited to talk about this. So I remember first taking an interest in video games as a young child. Uh, we had a Nintendo Entertainment System at home. My parents were like many people had one of those played Mario Super Mario Brothers played Duck Hunt I don't know if they had much else other than that but I first remember being interested when visiting my uh cousins in St. Louis my cousins uh Jen and Lisa uh they had a Nintendo as well and they also had a Game Boy but they had games we didn't have and I think that was the first time I even considered that more existed outside of Super Mario Bros and Duck Hunt, um, and I remember playing games like, it's a lot of really crappy licensed games, to be honest with you. We're talking Who Framed Roger Rabbit, we're talking Back to the Future, um, and and there's probably more, oh, they had other Mario games that I didn't have, and so did my, my grandparents also had an NES, so I remember playing Super Mario Bros. 2 and 3, um, but I think that the first time the time where, like, I went from, you know, having, like, a mild interest in games to uh, the, you know, leading to my potential downfall as an addict was mm-hmm. being introduced to, uh, well, there's a couple things. I remember seeing Super Mario 64 in a Toys R Us on a display uh, back in what I'm, I I always recount as 1998. It could have been earlier. So getting an N64 was huge. Because it sort of opened up my world. But then the following spring in 1999, that's when I became uh, friends with Eddie. And he introduced me to Pokemon. And dude, when I tell you, <laughs> like that could have easily been a game I discussed. But we ha- I, I wanted to talk about a new one for my, my main event. But dude... I was I had poke fever like like you all did. of us dude. And you had to go to the hospital. I remember yeah. you were hospitalized for poke fever for a while. Yeah. And I'm um, really proud to to tell it too. Uh lucky me. Uh survived poke fever, but just adored Pokémon. Started to get into more stuff like uh see I would go over to his house and I think that's really what it was. Was going to someone else's house and seeing what they have and just realizing there's more out there than what I have at my disposal. Getting introduced to the Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time, 
Super Smash Brothers blew my mind seeing Pikachu fighting Mario. Like, I know we're so used to it now, but I truly had never seen anything. No one had any, seen anything like it, and I thought it was amazing. So the N64 was huge, but then I really, uh, I took, I think I finally took real ownership when I was ready for the GameCube's launched, which I've talked about before. Um, so that's kind of how I got interested in games. Um, yeah, well, I mean, I guess more just like, you know, th- that obviously, mm-hmm. but, and then, you know, how, how maybe cut to a little bit of like how video games sort of impacted and influenced your life outside of childhood before starting this podcast? Like what yeah. led, to, like, that's a good question. I think too, what led to you wanting to start this podcast? Oh, it entirely. Well, I think a few cha- there was a chain of events. I, for the most part, after like the GameCube era, I would describe myself as a casual gamer. I always, almost always had the current Nintendo console. I had a DS and a Wii. Um, I, but I only really played a few big titles that would come out. Um, that sort of remained true through, I think in college I got back into gaming a little more and I got an Xbox 360. So I expanded my horizons a little bit just past only Nintendo. Um, and moving to, I moved to Los Angeles from Azusa, California, where I went to school. So not too far and also continue to have a casual, interesting games. I remember playing a lot of uh, Super Smash Bros. Brawl on my Wii, even into like 2013 before Smash 4 came out, I would revisit the Zelda games. I would occasionally play a new one that came out. I remember playing Pokemon uh, X uh, that, that I got a Nintendo 2DS for. <laughs> uh, and I remember playing games like Force Unleashed. So I was just sort of dipping in and out of games. Uh, like, But not to the degree that we're at now that changed when the Nintendo Switch was announced. I went from, I mean, I, was, I still was gaming probably more than the average person, but it wasn't to the quite the frequency and the volume that I am doing now. Switch comes out. Well, as soon as it's announced, I suddenly knew my life was going to be different because I was just wowed by the pro, like the I guess the prospect of this home and mm-hmm. handheld console. It has so far, for the most part, lived up to any expectations I could have had for it. And that sort of lined up perfectly where about a year and a half into the Switch ex- Switch's existence, you invited me to come on video games, a comedy show. And suddenly, uh, and I think the desire to be prepared and be, you know, knowledgeable, um, it sort of all snowballed for me where I started to, I was researching things I didn't even have an interest in, like Silent Hill. Uh, I was... Uh, getting excited for games series that I didn't even know about. It just really just took a turn. Uh, and so I think on your show, I was having so much fun. I would start to like pitch you premise uh, episode premises, like yeah. the, like the space solace that we did that we still do on your show where we draft um, people who listen to this know what these are, but where we mm-hmm. draft games from a console and like a fantasy football snake style draft. And so yes. I realized I was just sort of like, excited and coming up with new things I wanted to do. And so eventually that led to me being like, I think I'd like to do uh, a new show. But it it took a little time to develop the idea that would become Call Me By Your Game. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it also was super helpful because my girlfriend at the time, uh, Elle Eckley, the first time we ever hung out, like this has been said on the story on the show, she 
like was just recounting this all these memories about Donkey Kong Country and suddenly it hit me. I was like, oh, I love this. I love sitting down yeah. with someone and just hearing from them about why a game is meaningful. Uh, and she wasn't even a big gamer. So I, I was sort of like, yeah, this is the thing I want to do for the, for that show. And the format really hasn't changed since it started. I mean, minor things. We, we have the co-op episodes now that are monthly Patreon exclusives where we do sort of a book club style discussion about a meaningful game um but yeah this is pretty much the same show as when it started if it aside from me probably being a more seasoned uh host uh yeah it's it's really interesting because that's how we got here yeah and what a road it has been to 100 the road to 100 i remember when vgacs did uh their 100th episode it was so much fun and i was thinking about that the other day talking yeah. about like we were doing a lot of top 10 lists like the mm-hmm. 2d platformers and and si- i think i don't know if we did systems or handhelds but it was great handhelds for sure we did so yeah, yeah. it's nuts because you're up to once you'll be i think we misnumbered this week i think you'll be at 175 next week we Fuck. we yeah we <laughs> skipped 174 um but uh bummer yeah, well, so, but, but needless to say, though, I will be getting to 200 soon. Dude, like, in the first half of this year. Yeah, it will be. Uh, yeah, you're right. I got it. I got it. We're going to have to make number. another mockumentary for you. No, <laughs> that would be not what I would love. But uh, uh, no, I love the first one. But um, a man only needs one of those, you know? Yeah. I, uh, I uh, more just sort of like not quite sure. What do I want to do for the two? You know, time. for two hundred, I might just say, "Hey, can you guys just cover it and let me yeah. take a vacation?" Let me take a vacation. <laughs> I thought you were gonna say get two hundred guests on the show. Get two hundred but... guests, yeah, two hundred people, yeah. Um, could be fun, but yeah, no. Today we are honoring uh, your show and the in the life that it's had and the long life it's gonna have after this. Um, I, uh, I I have a couple more questions though before we yeah. go to break. Uh, do you uh, have any guests? That uh, any guests that got away, any guests that you've always wanted that 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 that, uh, that just it didn't it wasn't able to work work out, or have, were you able to get everybody? You pretty much asked. Uh, almost everybody I've asked have have done the show mm-hmm. or has done the show. Uh, I can think of two people that I that just it just never worked out. I yeah. don't even want to name them because <laughs> like. I hope that they will still do this show at some point. Also dox them too. Yeah, I'll dox yeah. them. But you know, it it there's only so much emailing you want to do with a person and trying for new dates and rescheduling before it just gets a little tiring, I would right. say. Um and sometimes, yeah, it it doesn't hurt to give it a moment to breathe. So, no, no only a couple <laughs> guests that got away and one I think I'm going to reach out to again soon cuz we only really chatted about it once. Yeah. So uh, it'll be fun for the listener to guess who they are when they do at the show. Absolutely, it will be. Um, great. And then, uh, and then, if, if you were going to uh, 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 take this show on the road, do a live show. Oh my gosh! How, how would you structure that live show? That's so interesting because it's such a you know it's this like little intimate mm-hmm. interview. It would yeah. totally. It, it would. My instinct is to say, Jeremy, that it would have to be different and that we might would have to do like a co-op episode where oh, there's plenty yeah. of joking on this show. But I almost think that I wouldn't want to subject someone to have to 
get uh, vulnerable, which happens a decent amount. Uh, yeah. Does being <laughs> in, front in front of, of an audience, audience does he, being in front of an audience without them laughing make you nervous? <laughs> Absolutely. So I'm just because I'm just so used to the laughs, you know. Well, I mean, like, you know, because like there's lots of public events, public speaking events where laughter is not the goal. You know, like yes. even Terry Gross, who you were compared to by Ronnie Adrian, yes. uh, and, uh, does live shows. Wow. Um, and they get, you know, they get pretty vulnerable. And there's a, there's an audience there watching, crying yeah. along with the guest. Um, your, your show, it was the that's the show to do live. Hopefully we would have one like this last week, uh, the (laughs) first episode of the year that was just it was it towed the line of being absolutely insane, but it was Mm -hmm. still coherently funny. Yeah. Yeah. And somehow video games were talked about (laughs) somehow. (laughs) Um, Well, speaking of that, uh, we are going to be covering today 3D movie maker for uh, the PC. Um, After we take a quick break, though, Connor, would you... Join me in a quick break. I would join you. Great. Okay, I'm going to keep a quick note. This is us on the magical break, as you <laughs> like to say. Um, so sorry you have to hear that every time. And hear me say it the same way, probably, too. It's also, but, like, it's what I look for. Yeah. Because cool. I that's what I need to, I've almost memorized the wave. That's um, uh, That's so funny. Yeah, because it's it's what I need to. That's where I know my cut is. Um, that's amazing. Okay, did I write it down? Okay, uh, you ready to get back into it? Mm-hmm. All right. And we're back with "Call Me by Your Game." I am your host today, Jeremy Schmiz, and I am here with the uh, wonderful Connor McCabe. Connor, how was your break? So it was just it's. It's better on this side. Like everything yeah. was frustrating before as the guest, but I got to say as the guest the break is nice. I will say that most of the pressure I think for the guest happens pre-break. A lot of it, yeah. Because it's all they got to talk about themselves mm-hmm. and blah blah blah. And I think you there is, you know, you do ask a lot of great questions on the second half, but I feel like if you wanted to coast through it, you could do it cuz there's a lot of game talk and Totally. You know? Yeah. It's um, it also I think it just eases people up because oh, yeah. some people are they're gung ho, they're ready to go, they're maybe even just used to doing podcasts, so it's easy for them to get into it immediately. Some people need a bit of warming up. Okay, Connor. So the game that you uh brought on today that you want to talk about was 3D movie maker for the PC. Were you high when you requested this or is this really the game you want to talk i just want to confirm well you know i don't know if it would make a difference whether or not i was <laughs> high when i requested this one um but uh so so it remains to be seen i'll let you wonder i i'm i'm actually could not be more excited to talk about this uh I, I feel like in the same vein as another as another episode we did a while back where i kind of i kind of remember interviewing you about a super mega baseball three i think Thing. Oh, MVP baseball. Maybe that's what it was. MVP yes. baseball. Um, uh, this is another sort of like, a, well, I guess in the vein of Super Mega Baseball Three, it's like a PC game that you like played when you were a kid. And mm-hmm. um, so I do want to hear though uh, um, a, a little bit about uh, your experience with the game. But first, let's just maybe inform the audience like what the game basically is. So great. It is a children's 
<laughs> computer uh, program. Uh, I love that Wikipedia defines it as children's. Um, for some reason, also calling it a program gives it a <laughs> different sort of essence too. Uh, yeah. I can't tell if it is more, uh, if it's more like adult or it's more mm-hmm. like official or if it is degrading. I can't tell. Yeah, children's program makes it sound like it is uh, it's like Mr. Rogers or like recess. Yeah, but <laughs> yes. it's it is a uh, it is a children's computer. Uh, pro, it's a video game, and it's developed by Microsoft Homes, Microsoft Kids subsidiary. Microsoft nice. Homes, Microsoft Kids subsidiary in 1995. Um, using the program, users can make films by placing 3D characters and props into pre-rendered environments, as well as adding actions, sound effects, music, text, speech, and special effects. Movies were then saved in the .3mm file format. Wow, that's crazy. That is back in the day when they're like before we just universally adopted like file formatting. Like you could yes. just kind of make up a new file and just like this is our movie and files. Hearing you share that, I don't remember if you needed to open up the program to play the movie or if you could just do it from like a finder i sort of think i want to say and a lot of my memories around this game are going to be a little fuzzy i want to say that you had to open up the program to watch any of your movies that would stand to reason for me because like so anybody who grew up in the windows 1995 era knows that you weren't really i mean consumer users were not really saving movies to their computers yeah. to watch later. Like I, I know windows 95 launched with the Weezer music video, uh, buddy Holly. Um, but it was like, it was just sort of uncommon to be storing any kind of video software until like, m- like much further on down the road, like yeah. with windows XP or, you know, maybe even 98, but probably, but yeah, um, so a little bit like, what is your history with this game? Man, this is a game that I definitely discovered through Eddie. Probably going to come up a lot on this episode. Mm-hmm. Go figure. Um, but I, I don't remember the moment or like, it, or but I do remember that there was a time before 3D Movie Maker, and then there's the time after. Uh, sort of my personal, you know, BC, AC, or whatever it is, before Christ and after, after death, sorry, BC, AC. <laughs> I don't know what that is. But um, I must have been fascinated by it because they always, Eddie's family, his mom was is like a computer whiz. She's actually like an Adobe ambassador. So she goes to conferences and like teaches people how to use Adobe to this day. So she was always sort of – they were a little more tech savvy than my family. And they were – they always had fun stuff like this uh, that I had never been introduced to. But I must have just seen it at his house or he must have shown me a movie that he made or that his older brother Alex made. And I think I was just so captured by it. So Sarah, his mom, burned me a CD of the game. So I and I've oh I think I like that copy. I must have ran into the ground because I definitely have like two different burned copies. <laughs> I still have them 
wow. in a computer sleeve for with a bunch of old computer games I never know if I'll play again. Mm. But yeah, or if I, they'll even run now. Uh, truly, good yeah. question. And I would need like a disc drive. It's a whole thing. But mm-hmm. yeah, I'm pretty. That's how I like discovered the game. Yeah. Um. So. Would you and Eddie sort of make little movies together on this thing? We we would do that. We'd also like you know make our own and then show each other when yeah. we go to go to our houses. But sometimes I do remember like we would collaborate on things we wanted to do. Um, th- it's I think it's no real surprise to me that I took such a fascination in this game and it became like an absolute obsession. Like the mm-hmm. hours that I poured into this, yeah are probably just like high up there for my all-time games played and I haven't played it since I was probably like I don't know maybe 14 but um I I'm thinking I must have been around like 10 or so maybe 11 when we discovered this but I was always very into uh, making movies even with like a little camcorder or drawing or writing little stories or shitty comics they were never good um nor were truly probably any of the movies uh i'm sure all of them that i made on this program were garbage too but i sort of came in with a like love and interest in games and animation uh or movies and animation really so that's how we like how i think it it was an easy thing for me to just be obsessed with quite immediately yeah um that's so fascinating so in your real life uh yes in your main life that actually doesn't include video games you do want to make stuff uh i don't know if that's singularly television or film or just sort of all of it or writing but you're you're definitely somebody who has a passion for film and television. What is your ultimate goal in film and television? Are you trying to be more of a writer? Are you trying to be... I would... I mean, my in dream of dreams, I'd love to be one of those very fortunate people who are writing on shows, and then sometimes you see them acting on shows. Yeah. Uh, like, preferably, like, great comedy shows that's like the dream i love uh like my favorite show of all time is community mm-hmm. i also am a big like 30 rock fan uh curb like i mean i like a lot of shows but uh that's the dream but i also like movies too and mm-hmm. i've just spent a lot less of my time at least writing wise writing movies i've Thinking written about f- movies yeah uh i uh, so yeah, those, those are goals I have. I've been able to make a few things. Uh, you know, I went to film school too, so that helped. Um, haven't made a ton out in LA. It's something I think about a lot, but I'm not always like inspired to make my own thing. I definitely like to be in other people's stuff and I like to collaborate with other people mm-hmm. in like a writer's room. I've gotten to do something like that a few times. Yeah. So yeah, I guess it's hard to say. I'm kind of like open to a lot of things. I would love to also like... I think been thinking about this recently. I have a voiceover reel. I love to do voiceover. I would also love to do like I'd love to act in like video games. That would yeah. be cool. That would be really cool. You and old uh, Adrian uh, Snow, Snow. hang yes. out and make a make a video game together. Yeah. Well, did did your interest in all that stuff? Would you say it preceded this game, or would did this help? Or I think it definitely helped. It was you know, it was. This was like the most accessible way I could actually make a movie because Mm -hmm. even with like the camcorder we had growing up, it would be a lot of me, you know, recording a shot and then 
literally the next thing you record would be the next shot and you're doing yeah. it all just in camera i didn't have like right video editing software or like anything else more rudimentary and sometimes i was doing that on like old tapes too so it wasn't yes. even like digital early on mm -hmm. so this i think definitely helped that blossom because it was a way for me uh to just do it and be able to actually show somebody and yeah, yeah. I I had a very similar experience growing Ooh. up that even though I never played this game, I thought I had played it. And then when uh -huh. I started researching the game, I realized I had never played this. What I did have, however, was a game that I just looked up that does definitely exist, and it's called Spider-Man Cartoon Maker. Oh, my goodness. Uh, and let's change the podcast <laughs> and make it about this. This was a, this was a far less robust educational game that was oh, basically like you could you you sort of like dragged and dropped spider-man characters and they would have animations so you could like have you could like have a frame and have spider-man swing through the frame yes and like when i tell you i used to sit there and just conceptualize whole premises to like spider-man <laughs> stories and then show my mom over and over all of these different <laughs> cartoons and like genuinely thinking like she has no idea what's going to happen next. It's about to blow her mind. Yes. And it was just like, like the Kingpin comes in and then like, that's it. You know what I mean? Yes. Like something like, and that's the big finale. But I, I can trace back a lot of like me sort of in almost an obsessively compulsive way, wanting to craft story mm -hmm. and wanting to, you know, ha have a bit of a roller coaster, and so, you know, you start small, and you start calm, and then you you escalate. You know, a lot of the basics to storytelling. That's cool. I can track back to maybe, you know, my me getting the ability to do this. Um, did you with you with the the 3D movie maker? I mean, um, how uh, you say you poured tons and tons of hours in this? Um, I and I know that the game is you know probably very expansive, but does have its limitations, mm -hmm. obviously. Um, tell me a little bit about some of the stories you were creating in this. <laughs> so thinking back on this, I'm, I'm having trouble of uh, thinking of many original things that like I plots? did. Yeah. Yes. A lot of what we did <laughs> that I can remember, I'm sure there were plenty of original things. A lot of what we ended up doing was just like ripping other things off. Awesome. Like truly I'm yeah. talking, it, it's, it's really uh, cool that we're in this sort of like matrix renaissance right now with the new with mm -hmm. resurrections having just come out but i think we would just be like recreating scenes from the matrix sometimes Great. i think and you know eventually i think you we would get bored with that but we were able i mean you i, I love how you framed this game because i think you really nailed it even having not played it 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 is so robust there is so much you can do if especially if you get creative with it um, but it also does have its limitations. So within that, those bounds, we did truly so much because it has a set, like a, I think there might be like, I don't know, 35, maybe like 50 of these like actor models that mm -hmm. they have all of different shapes and sizes. There's some robots. There's, I mean, I was looking, I was watching some videos on this yeah. and there's so many of these, these characters that like I 
are like imprinted in my brain that I forgot. My favorite yeah. being Bongo, which is just this big fat guy with his <laughs> eyes bulging out of his head. He's just ripe for comedy. But yeah. using all of the these tools and the different actions and elements that are available to you, um, we had so much fun. And I think I also would do things like we would – it was how I got introduced into downloading like MIDI files mm. and waves of like voice lines from shows, sound effects, uh, or and then we also ended up each getting our own microphones for home so we could record our own dialogue. And that was a game changer instead of having to have like text run across the screen clumsily. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you know, that's so it was a lot of impersonation. There was also so much fart content <laughs> jeremy yeah. i it is it was just like i i was like an obsession i must have had with just how funny farts were dude and yes specifically bongo because using the specific actions you can mm -hmm. even though there's a limited set of things each character can do every action has like it runs through a set of frames mm -hmm. so a character bending over to pick something up Maybe is like 24 frames. Also, the, the game runs at like seven frames per second. It's really <laughs> yeah. ridiculously slow, but it's it yeah. worked. Um, you could do so much within all those frames. You We would also use different actions to do different things like, oh, turns out that like him bending over to or like him falling down. It actually kind of looks like he's bending over at this point, so we'll stop there and then have yeah. a fart erupt from his butt and a green sphere come out and explode on somebody. <laughs> We're talking about stuff like that. Um, yeah. It, so, yeah. yeah, it was just – I don't remember a ton of original stories. Mm -hmm. I was – I would, that was something I was thinking about before, uh, and I'm really – I just wish that I, like, I had an archive of all this stuff, but I yeah. don't. Um, yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, so so to the listener, like, just kind of saying what the game is maybe doesn't give you an a clear picture of what this thing looks like. Yeah. So if we were to kind of put it into words, what I would what I would offer is, if anyone knows like kind of what a PlayStation One or an N sixty four graphics sort of look like, it's like kind of polygonal, very crude, very early mid nineties looking game. Um, that has you frozen on a on a image, basically. So it'll be like, let's say you're in a, a downtown sort of area with a, with an alleyway, and it's kind of at an at an, a very kind of cinematic angle. Mm -hmm. And then you can essentially assign your characters or your models or your vehicles or whatever to kind of come through and and you can like track you can plot their trajectory right yes. through through what is essentially you're creating is like a scene and they have their own dialogue but you you can also uh, record your own dialogue and I'm sure your own farts. Um, Dude. So and there's, don't get me wrong, we found a sound effect library with a bunch of great farts. And like, oh, I'm great. talking diverse farts yes. here, Jeremy. Yes, perfect. Uh, the, uh, did you utilize the microphone aspect of it to do your own? So much so, dude. Uh, yeah. And it that made it feel even more like we were actually making a movie. Yeah. Um, because there there's some options for text in this game. The one I remember most specifically is you can, um, and there's a lot of like props you can put in this game and objects, but there's just like 3D text with, it's also how I discovered, and uh, the font Comic Sans was through this game. Uh, and we would, before the mic came, would literally be like, because you had to, with your mouse, whether you're animating a character or an object or just the 
moving the scene along, you had to mm-hmm. hold the cl- the left click button and drag. Yeah. To like drag something across or just like hold something still. So <laughs> imagine just like dragging text across the str- screen, <laughs> this like expository shit to introduce the next Fart Wars movie. Um, dude, so yes. so dudes, as soon as we got uh the microphone just my little squeaky young like you know 10 11 12 year old voice was just probably having a ball it's a real shame that you did that there isn't this archived somewhere of you doing this as a kid because you know a lot of us grew up making little movies and stuff with our parents handheld camcorders and a lot of that shit survived but a lot of this old pc stuff you know, has, of course, retired itself. And as we mentioned before, you know, it has its own proprietary movie software. Mm-hmm. So you wouldn't be able to... I don't think Adobe accepts uh, .3mm <laughs> as a format. I don't format, think so either. Um, which is unfortunate. But uh, you um, you hit on something kind of interesting about uh, the game, which is mm. uh, specifically the font Comic Sans. Yes. <laughs> Which I don't, uh, you probably know this, but maybe the listener does not. Uh, a bit of trivia about this game is that the infamous Comic Sans font made its first appearance in this game. What? Yeah. The hell? That is an actual fact. The- oh my God. And we loved it, dude. And I, <laughs> I, like, I use that font so much. And then now it, you know, it's fallen out of vogue, but now it also maybe is back as like, it's kind of silly to use it again. Yeah. Well, it's the avatar font, font right? The comics, comic sans. Oh, that's Papyrus is comic. Yes. Is, is, is the avatar. No, never mind. Yeah. Comic sans is, yeah. It, uh, yeah, it's a little bit sillier, more cartoony, more comic booky. You would definitely everyone. It's probably like it's up there in the most recognizable fonts. Yeah, but yeah. the least used now because it's so ridiculous. Right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's very crazy. Also, um, there is a character unique to this game who sort of it provides him lends his uh, his. He's the host of the game, you might yes. say. His name is uh, Mick Z, <laughs> and he is a voice by uh, Michael Shapiro, um, who uh, also voiced other uh, PC gaming icons, such as uh, Mr. G, I believe, in uh, Half-Life. Amazing. G-Man is his name. G-Man, okay. yeah. He is, uh, and he still does play G-Man to this day in Half-Life Alex. He was- wow. He was G-Man. Um, yeah, let's see what else he's... He offers additional voices in Super Punch-Out, which oh, is incredible. pretty crazy. Yeah, but he explained to the audience a little bit of who Mix Z is and what is Mix Z's personality. Mix Z is this absolute <laughs> uh, psychotic freak. I don't know how I feel about you know um inst- like psychiatric institutions but he should definitely be in one yeah he is the because the game before you actually get into the movie editing um the game walks you through a lot of stuff and gets you to wherever you are making these games so you, there's a lot of like rendered cutscenes of mczee flying around doing wacky stuff mm-hmm. he is that he's purple um he looks like an absolute cartoon. A weird thing is that like he's not available as one of the characters, which I think is a total misstep. Uh, yeah, to, to use that's, that's kind of strange. Um, he, I don't, I he walks you through. Also, you know, you can go to this theater part of the game where you just watch the movies, or you can go to the the editor, the like movie shop where you're actually making them. There's also like 
uh, Easter eggs and secrets all around. And he's sort of the one who's like goes through and shows you all of them. I'm, and he sort of adorns different personalities as he does. So he's just a crazy, a wild and crazy guy. Yeah. Um, he is a wild and crazy guy. Uh, uh, the Do you know that there's a Nickelodeon version of this game? Connor? I do because uh, we discovered it years later. And I don't know why, but it was so much less fun for us. I think there was you something. You did play it then. Yeah, we definitely toyed around with it. I know there's, I think, well, like All Real Monsters and Rocco's Modern Life mm. were featured, and maybe some other characters. But uh, Ren and Stimpy. Oh, like Ren and one. Stimpy. Yeah. Oh, and, it, man. and it's and it's a, uh, uh, it's it's a different game, I guess. Yeah, of. but with the same, all the same like mechanics, mm-hmm. uh, I believe, just all Nickelodeon specific, which is is fun. I think we just had so much fun making our own original stuff. Right. Um, and the host, though, of that game is uh, not Mick Z. They traded him out for Stick Stickly, interestingly enough. Who the hell is this Mick Z knockoff? Stick Stickly? Stick Stickly is Nickelodeon's little popsicle stick oh, character. Oh, that guy. Who was like, yeah, who for a, oh. for, for millennials of a, of a generation uh, was an was a was an icon. He probably yeah. got slimed a lot. He got slimed. I think he had he died of a drug overdose in the early two thousands. <laughs> that's Hollywood for you. Checking it's on Hollywood. your friends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, but uh, I I definitely want to see at least a few frames of that version with Stick Stickly. That, Same that here. It's pretty interesting. Um, yeah. So a little bit of the reception of this game, uh, uh which is which is interesting to think about because, you know. Video games, and this is something you might may or not may or not find interesting or want to talk about, but like they, we had gaming magazines by the mid '90s for sure, and we even had PC gaming magazines by the mid '90s, but it wasn't quite a um, a reported on thing in the same mm. way that it is now, where yeah. like it's just it, it it's such a saturated market for video game journalism that. Uh, they don't even pay people to do it really anymore. <laughs> people just people just literally just do it for free. Um, yeah. Uh, but once upon a time, there was actually hardly any video game journalism that existed or any video game content. So, um, Alamo PC Organization <laughs> wrote of this game: "This is not a program one masters in a few days or even weeks." is a wonderful demonstration of technological advancement for Windows 95 graphical programming possibilities. Wow. This program in the hands of casual, perhaps even dedicated home users, is not a threat to any commercial animation firm. I love that clearly that means that the discourse around it at the time was, is this going to take all of our jobs away? Like, <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah. Um, Aaron Matterson of Joystick Division which is a very funny <laughs> video great. game publication name, it, uh, says it looked impossibly goofy even by 1995 standards, but I did love it, and it taught me many things about my own crea- creativity, the art of storytelling, and a strange, terrible humanoid creature named Mick Z. <laughs> um, I, I feel like uh, what we've talked about sort of backs up that quote a little bit. Absolutely, because it really, like, looking at it and looking at the the characters, they are so 
weird. It mm-hmm. is. It's almost jarring uh, looking because they try to they they make these very like these borderline at least for the mid 90s photorealistic scenes mm-hmm. uh that you're using they're all pre-rendered but the characters themselves just look like they're from a circus basically yeah. <laughs> yeah. uh but truly with underneath that goofy hood is a a really impressive amount of movie making tools and uh on the surface level but also as deep as you want it to go i remember just getting really specific with with uh, the tools that were at your disposal, and and just look up, look back on it very fondly. Yeah, um, it's uh, it's definitely it's it's definitely super like maybe weird looking to a modern eye. Yeah, you know, like the characters and just what's happening on screen, but. You know, to back in the '90s, it felt like that was uh, just the style, you know, yeah. a little bit. And and it's, I and I will say, like some of these characters, there you still see little remnants of the designs of them and characters of this time in games like Psychonauts or whatever, where it's like a little bit of a Nickelodeon-ish throwback. Yeah. In fact, I think Nickelodeon very much lends itself very well to what they already kind of had cooking with the Especially 3D movie that book. era and the cartoons they chose. Like, it's yeah. kind of like pre-SpongeBob, which I think is good. Uh, yeah, All Real Monsters, Ren and Stimpy, and Rocco. Mm-hmm. It's some weird shit. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Very, very weird. Uh, wild thornberries. That dad <laughs> and his tiny legs no, and huge Nigel. 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 Um, <laughs> well, great. Um, I guess uh, just uh, some little wrap up thoughts about the game and and your experience with it. Do you have any desire to play an updated version of this game? M- my friend, I was watching the videos of it the other day. I have a desire to play this game. Just and this I, very game, yeah. Yes, and truly I was thinking, uh, I had a couple thoughts. One thought that I had later that mm-hmm. sort of squashed the the excitement was, oh yeah, I don't have time to do this because I mm-hmm. would just spend every hour playing on this thing and being so specific. Yeah. But watching it, I was like, man, what if I just like in my leisure time just – used it as a creative outlet to yeah. like make movies. And that's actually, if I were to get, be able to get it running, that could be something fun. Um, not that it's going to be, you know, something to build a career off of, but like if it's fun for you, that's, that's great. And I know that there used to be communities online and forums that like had their own, like just the tons of movies that they had uploaded, but I don't know if those exist anymore, but mm-hmm. if they do, uh, I want to find them. Yeah, and there's been quite a bit of uh, user-made expansion packs. That might be what you're referring to, but in, mm. in the, there's 3D MM Animation Pro, which is in 2002. Um, it was uh, created for this game. Um, there's an expansion pack in 2003 uh, known as Frankie's Expansion <laughs> uh, that introduced new textures, actors, and objects Ooh. to the software. Um, oh, and the list goes on, and, and even as uh, recent as, well, it's not very recent at all, but 2004, there was an expansion um, uh, for this game. So people worked on the game even after its its heyday. Um, I think, and maybe, I'll, maybe I will go back in and delete this after I say it, because I do actually think it's a pretty good idea, but <gasps> I think you should make a short film 
in this in this and like try to legitimize it and send it off to uh like Sundance. just see what happens yeah I mean, yeah yeah that that's the thing like, about take this. it really seriously yes you know this program like for like we've sort of said a few times now for all its limitations there is so much at your disposal and you can get as creative with it as you want to yes does that mean it's going to take even more time to do uh and like suck your life away sure i i remember on this website that i was telling you about with all these movies on them watching a movie that someone had made about like the um the your like circulatory system and like mm-hmm. he animated all these blood cells and just like all these white blood cells it had a story it blew my mind dude wow. and then i was like wow i've really not been using this program as much as <laughs> to, to its fullest potential like this person so that's a fun idea jeremy if i can get it running i'm gonna try to do that yeah um that's i think that's a really cool idea and it seems like something that would be really fun you know it, it teaches you to work with inside within limitations which i actually think yeah, and I, I think I made up this quote, but limitations are sort of the highway to creativity. Whoa, dude! You know, <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I mean, you could get pretty, you could get, you could get pretty creative with just this tool set if you wanted to, uh, if you wanted to use it. Um, well, Connor, I, I kind of didn't check to see if you still did this in the show, but it, do you still give out recommendations at the end? Yeah, I do that, and then I also, yeah, I do that. Yes. Okay. But good. you don't have to if you don't have any. Oh, I. Oh, are you kidding? Oh my God! Please. A big recommendation for something very similar to this would be a game called Spider-Man Cartoon Maker. <laughs> if you ever want to get your your hands on it, um, it is a, a very similar game to this. I and love then it. something completely different than this that I would recommend is um, is the uh, watching the movie Dune. <laughs> <laughs> Which it's not okay. like this at all okay. because it's you don't create any part of it. You just watch it. Okay. It's already I s- done. I see that connection. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, it's already done. Um, is there any parts of the episode you think I'm missing? Well, you've, you know, you sort of like laid out trivia as we were going on. So, yeah. normally, you know, I do f- facts, but you kind of did that. Yeah. Um, the Yeah. I, I think I literally I rang the Wikipedia of this game dry throughout the episode with sharing just about every fax unless (laughs) you count that it is built on b render a 3d graphics engine created by argonaut software argonaut software coming back to games baby even though even picking this one i was like well it's it is a game but it's it really toes the line into like mario paint territory (laughs) right right and i i i find that like we often don't talk a lot about those types of games so i bet this was like a trip for the listener to to go down just to hear like so. you know about like uh games that are a little bit more like point and click adventure or maybe they're educational or maybe they're creative tools or whatever like yeah mario paint is another one very much like that um yeah well connor thank you so much for doing an episode of your show what a treat it was hey thank you and uh thank you for hosting this is something that i think Maybe you even pitched like a long time ago. Yeah. And I actually had different plans for episode 100, but a guest fell through and I was like, wait a second. And who was it? uh, Well, there'll probably be a guest (laughs) soon, so you'll figure out. Maybe even the next guest. Uh, Uh Just holiday stuff was tough to plan. Yeah. Um, 
But uh, and I know Ronnie will be uh, super upset when he sees that I'm actually episode 100, not him. Like I told him, I was gonna try to do. So uh, yeah, thanks for doing this, man. It was fun to ha- uh, get to go down this road of Microsoft 3D Movie Maker with you. Absolutely. Um, do you have anything that you want to plug before we get out of here? Yeah, I'll plug a lot of the usual stuff. Um, uh you're listening to this podcast so keep doing it give it if and if you wouldn't mind give it give us a really nice rating and review wherever you listen to shows i see the apple ones but if you do it somewhere else like spotify or elsewhere uh be sure to let us know you can follow me on social media at connor underscore mccabe uh that's c-o-n-n-e-r uh for my first name i'm on twitch i stream video games sometimes i did it last night at twitch.tv slash cons is cool 69 and that's c-o-n-z for cons um and then uh no that's really that's really it for me we've got a lot of like we've been talking about the patreon we have so much fun stuff planned for this year we already told you about the metal gear solid series there is a lot more uh to come for that um listener definitely just google image this game microsoft 3d movie maker and lastly, Jeremy, I did want to read off our uh, our current patrons uh, at Super That's NPC great. Radio that any of the other listeners can be a part of. Um, so our wonderful uh, patrons for the month of January, we have Gautam, Gianthi, Derek Fushino, Josh Ho, Nick Sohoya, Darren Lau, Nathan Edwards, Gabe Valdez, Benjamin Hall, Jonathan Thompson-Wheeler, Tyler Dather, Jake Sprague, Mauricio Diosis, and of course, the great Goblin Bomber. Um, But other than that, Jeremy, that's all I wanted to plug, all that five minutes of plugs that we just had. I love it. I love it. All the usuals. Uh, And of course, I would like to plug, um, and uh, I'd like to plug, I guess, an episode of this show. And it was the the last previous episode to this one, episode 99 with the great uh, Ronnie Adrian. He's a uh, comedic uh, genius, and uh, the episode's very fun and very thoughtful, and and, uh, it's fun to hear Ronnie... lose his mind at, at Connor <laughs> doing <laughs> being serious and for a second trying to be earnest on, on his show. Um, yeah. Uh, Connor, here's to many more episodes to come. Happy 100, my guy. Hey, thank you, my friend. Uh, here's to 100 more. At only. And yeah, then, no, and we'll, we'll stop. probably be done at 200. Yeah. I don't want to talk to more people. And, um, uh, and I guess all that's left to be said is we'll see you on the next one. Yeah.